When you think of a king, what are some things that come to mind? Do you think of someone who rules over a vast kingdom and who has all kinds of power? Do you think of someone who's constantly surrounded by wealth and riches? Do you think of someone who has the power to send a large army to war with a simple command? Do you think of someone who's a natural-born leader who can rouse and inspire his people towards a common goal? When you think of a king, these are probably the things that come to mind. And so it almost seems backwards that on Christ the King Sunday, these would be the verses that would be before us today. Because you don't usually think of a king being mocked and scorned. You don't usually think of a king receiving insults from common people. You don't usually think of a king being put to death. You don't usually think of these things unless something horrible has happened to the king and his kingdom. Now, leading up to our verses for today, we see all of the events that led to Jesus being placed on the cross. And his own disciple, Judas, handed Jesus over to his enemies for some silver. And in the hands of his enemies, Jesus was brought before the chief priest, teachers of the law, and the elders, where he continued to claim that he was the promised Messiah. And since Jesus didn't back down from this claim, the religious leaders at that time were furious with him, and they incited the crowd against him. And so when they brought him before Pilate, calling for his crucifixion, Pilate really had no other option but to give the crowd what they wanted. And as we look at all of these events that Jesus endured on his path to the cross, it's, it's important for us to remember that this is the same Jesus who time and time again throughout his ministry faced groups and enemies who sought and planned to kill him. And yet time and time again, Jesus was able to miraculously escape unharmed. And Jesus had the power to do that once again as we see him hanging on the cross in our verses for today. But the reason Jesus doesn't do this is because Jesus shows himself to be a king unlike any other. And as our verses for today begin, we hear that Jesus was willing to endure mockery and death as your king. The people stood watching. The rulers were ridiculing him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. Ironically, we see the king of the universe getting mocked by the local rulers and authorities of the surrounding area. And they mockingly and jokingly say that Jesus saved others. Really, they had probably heard about the miracles that Jesus performed. But now that they see Jesus hanging on the cross, really in their minds, if Jesus wasn't miraculously going to save himself here and now, then that must mean that all of those miracles he performed were just some made-up stories. And we also hear them jokingly and mockingly claim that he is the chosen one. And really, seeing Jesus hanging on the cross was evidence that he wasn't the chosen one of God, but was in fact being rejected by God. 
And once these rulers and authorities had their turn at, you know, heaping their mockery on Jesus, the soldiers who were underneath them in authority then got their turn. And they came up to him and offered him some sour wine, saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. These soldiers were probably eating lunch at the time, and they were mockingly and shamefully offering Jesus some of the wine that they were having with their meal. But Jesus was really parched at this time, since it had probably been quite some time since he had a proper meal or a proper drink. And we hear these soldiers really heap the same insults that the rulers and authorities were. That if you are the king of the Jews, then save yourself. If anyone knew what power and authority a king had, it was these soldiers. I mean, they knew the king had the power to, with a simple command, send them and their squadron to either go on the attack or to defend the kingdom. But as they looked at Jesus, they saw no king. Because if Jesus was the king he claimed to be, and if Jesus had the power that he claimed to have, then surely Jesus would take himself off of the cross that he was hanging on. And because he wasn't, they saw this as evidence that Jesus was no true king. And as if Jesus hadn't already endured enough mockery and shame from those who have some power in society, he then gets mocked by even a lowly criminal. The criminal hanging there was blaspheming him, saying, Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Even the lowly criminal saw Jesus hanging on the cross as evidence that all of his claims were false. Because if Christ was the king he claimed to be, then surely he would take himself off of the cross. And while Jesus was receiving all of this mockery from all those who were there to watch his crucifixion, we hear that there was an inscription written on the top of his cross. This is the king of the Jews. Criminals who face the awful sentence of crucifixion would be publicly shamed by having whatever offense they committed written on a plaque and nailed to the top of their cross. And this was so that everyone who was there could see what this person was guilty of. And Pilate was actually the one who wrote the inscription that was nailed to the top of Jesus' cross. And really, he wrote these words out of spite. Remember that Pilate didn't really want to crucify Jesus, but he was really given no other option when the religious leaders at that time incited the crowd, and when they got all of them to call for Jesus' crucifixion. And so to kind of get back at them, he wrote the words that Jesus was claiming to be, to be placed at the top of his cross. And while Pilate may have had the wrong intentions behind writing these words, a blessed truth was being proclaimed. A truth that was being denied by all those who were there watching Jesus' crucifixion. They denied that Jesus was in control. They denied that Jesus had the power to save himself and others. They denied that Jesus was the king he claimed to be. Because in their minds, no king would ever allow themselves to endure mockery and death. 
But as we look at these verses this morning, we have the benefit of knowing why. We know that this is how Christ, as our King, was going to win the victory over sin, death, and the devil. We know that this is how our King was going to reign victorious over all the things that assail us here in this life. This is how Christ was going to be our King. But what's maybe difficult for us to think about this morning is that now that Christ has won victory over sin, death, and the devil, is this. Everything that we see going on in our world today, really what Christ's reign as king looks like. Christians are mocked for believing in a book that has writings in it thousands of years old. Christians are mocked for denying theories that supposedly explain everything in our world today. Christians are mocked for pointing people away from their sins and to the promised Savior. As we look at everything going on in our world today, is Christ really a king unlike any other? Or now that he's won the victory and is seated over all things at the right hand of God, is he like so many who come into positions of power and authority and has it all gotten to Christ's head? Has he abandoned us to deal with this sinful world on our own? Because it sure doesn't seem right for the king over all things to allow his believers to suffer and endure all of the things that he allows here in this life. And it's so easy to think this way because our sinful nature leads us to think that we know what's best. It leads us to think that if we were king over all things, that the world would be so much of a better place. Because if you were king, wouldn't you put an end to all the mockery that Christians face here in this life? If you were king, wouldn't you put an end to all the poverty, homelessness, hunger, whatever else it may be? Wouldn't you put an end to all the pain and suffering that the effects of sin cause in this world? I mean, if only you were king, right? But don't these thoughts really say to Jesus, I'm not sure I trust you to reign over me as my king. If only we were humble enough to submit to our king's reign. And while Jesus doesn't tell us the exact reason as to why he allows his believers to endure the things that we do here in this life, we look at what he does reveal to us. And he reveals that as our king, he truly has won the victory over sin, death, and the devil for us. So that we can know that when God calls us home, That as we stand there awaiting our judgment, we can know that God is not going to pronounce words of shame, guilt, and his righteous punishment on us. No, we know that because Jesus endured mockery and death for us, that God will pronounce words of praise and honor on each and every one of us. Because our sins have truly been forgiven. And because through faith, you truly are declared innocent. This is what your king does for you. 
And while Jesus shows himself to be a king unlike any other by enduring mockery and death for each and every one of us, he also shows himself to be a king unlike any other in the words that he speaks to the criminal who speaks up in his defense. The one criminal says to the one who rebuked Jesus, Don't you fear God since you are under the same condemnation? We are punished justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for what we have done. But this man has done nothing wrong. And this criminal had heard the prophecies in the Old Testament that spoke of the promised Savior. And as he hung on his own cross and looked at Christ, he saw power where others saw weakness. He saw love where others saw foolishness. He saw a king where others saw a criminal. He saw Jesus for who he truly was. And he knew that he and the other criminal were sinners who deserved the punishment that they were about to receive. But as he looked at his king hanging on the cross there, he knew that this man was completely innocent. And we see his faith on display in what he asked Jesus to do for him. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus doesn't respond to the man saying, Why should I remember you when you've done all kinds of wicked things in your life? Good luck pleading your case to God when death might come to you. No, instead of doing this, Jesus offers this man words of comfort. Amen, I tell you. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And this is why Jesus stayed on the cross. It wasn't his inability that kept him up there. Rather, it was his unwillingness to come down that kept Jesus on the cross. He remained up there so that he could assure sinners like this criminal that through the death that he was about to endure, that he was going to win forgiveness for all of their sins. This is how Jesus reigns as king. Not establishing an earthly kingdom, but conquering sin, death, and the devil through his death on the cross. And this is how Christ continues to reign as your king today. And you can imagine yourself being that criminal who is hanging on your own cross next to Christ. And as you imagine yourself hanging there, what sin or what sins would be written on a plaque and nailed to the top of your cross? What sins have brought you shame and guilt? What sins make you deserving of God's wrath and punishment? And as you think about the long list of sins that would be nailed to the top of your cross, look to your king as he hangs on his. And as you do this, he looks at you and he tells you to come down from your cross. And as you come down from your cross and you look back up to him, you see all of the sins that were nailed to your cross, now nailed to his your sins of questioning Christ's reign as king, 
Your sins of pride and arrogance, your sins of lust, jealousy, greed, whatever else they may be, all of the sins that you have committed have been nailed to Christ as he hangs there on the cross. And he suffers the punishment that all of those sins deserved for you. So that you could have the assurance that all of your sins have truly been forgiven. So that you could know that just as Christ said to the criminal hanging there on the cross, that you will be with him in paradise. And let's rejoice this morning that we have a king unlike any other. We have a king who is willing to endure mockery and death for us, and we have a king who is able to grant us eternal life in heaven. Amen.